Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. We've got a returning voice, return of the Diego. It's been a while, and uh, we, we've got him back for a quick visit and uh, chat about some Star Wars news and headlines with both him and our co-host Blake. And uh, you know, you know how it is on this show. We keep things casual. So um, first thing I'd like to say is, if any of you guys have any questions or comments, please reach us out at the email that we leave in the description below. Got lots planned, a few subjects to go through, so let's get into it. Another happy landing. Welcome back, Mr. Blake. Hello, hello. Good to be back as always. Good to have you back. And uh, to Diego, it's been a while, man. Yeah, quite a while. It's been a while. He's been busy. Good been to busy. be back, though. Good to be back. It's always good to chat Star Wars. Yeah. And I was getting the impression that Diego was just waiting for the next next Clone Wars episode to drop. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to get Diego to go through Rebels, but, uh, you know, there's no bites there. So no, no, I, don't, I don't know if it's well, going to happen. Yeah, you might as I think well you watched the, the pilot, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'll come off Clone Wars on the Rebels. It's a different expectation, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, we got a few headlines to go through. Uh, and, uh, you know, the first kind of minor run, well, small mention, uh, is that Star Wars Celebration is right around the corner. And this is, Star Wars Celebration is kind of the, the convention for Star Wars fans. You know, it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of people show up at this thing. And uh, I remember, uh, Blake, you and I went to the, the 2017 one, and it's yep, unlike any great. experience. You know, it's unlike any experience I've ever had because you get to a convention like this, and everyone, it's not like Fan Expo or Comic-Con where people are just kind of uh, dressed as various different things from anime and, and uh, uh, movies and, and various things. Everyone is there because of Star Wars. And it's like yep. single-handedly the most saturated experience I've ever had. <laughs> I've never seen so many Princess Leia's in one room. <laughs> <laughs> Probably say that about all the characters. I've, I've never seen anyone in a in a full size like like Jabba costume <laughs> the way there's just random people. There was there was a, or the the marathon. The one of, guy was. Uh, Darth Maul with robot legs. He was walking around on stilts. He was like 
a story tall. Do you remember that guy? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, who's the who's the ice cream guy? The ice cream, uh, the guy from Empire Strikes Back. Who's kind of, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy running with the ice cream maker. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name now. E- Escaping but, Cloud City. Yeah. Right, yeah. So they, they do a, they do an annual kind of uh, uh, marathon with everyone dressed as, as the guy who runs past camera in episode five on Cloud City with the <laughs> ice cream right. maker. And there's like 20 of them all one behind the other just doing a doing a loop around the whole convention center it's the, the most hilarious awesome. thing i think i've ever seen uh but you know i know i one thing i learned was you want to dress up as an x-wing pilot or something similar because a lot of the other costumes are very uncomfortable to wear all day <laughs> yeah you know go go in a go in a comfortable costume for anyone who's going uh you know and do and, not be a stormtrooper the chafing is real yeah, and and uh, you know, a tip, <laughs> word of <laughs> word word of advice for anyone who goes in one of those clunky costumes, because there was this one guy dressed as Darth Maul with the robotic legs from Clone Wars, and it was an insane costume. But he could not walk he worth crap. Walk. Like he couldn't get anywhere. Like he just, you know, he needed help, and he he was he was spent like ten minutes trying to get into these legs. And uh, he had a, a cane that was seven feet long. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But, uh, you know, is the, the passion is real. And, and uh, so it was many... cool. We watched that guy get ready for like 15 minutes and then he walked for like three or four minutes and then just started taking it off. Yeah. It's like, nope. <laughs> He's like, no, you know what? Never mind. I want to enjoy my experience here, not just like look cool. And uh, exactly. realistically, that's, that's kind of how it is, right? Like, you go in this in- insane costume. And you can't enjoy your experience there. And it's like, well, what? What are you doing? Like, I mean, you know, it looks it looks cool, <laughs> but show off. You want to yeah. actually get from from one side of the convention center to the other. And let me tell you, those convention centers are huge. Like, they're nothing but like what we have here in Canada. You got to do some serious walking to get from point A to point B oh, for man. various different things. It's it's just insane. to get in. I recall we were in line the first day just to get into the building. It was three hours in the Florida sun on right. and just concrete right yeah yeah concrete environment right yeah it, people it, were passing out on like the inside of the line like, it was bad yeah <laughs> you know and and uh and that's the thing right like you show up with your tent uh you gotta like i mean we didn't do this but but you gotta show up with your tent and you gotta like wait in line for for overnight for your wristbands just to get into one of the the panels and i don't i don't know if this is the case with this celebration or not but Tickets are sold out now at this point, I believe. But, um, but the wristbands get you into the rooms, right, with the with the presenters and the speakers and stuff like that. And that's that's kind of why you go to something like this. Otherwise, it's just a big, huge shopping center, and the you know some of the panels that people don't want to don't want to bother going to. Uh, and that's kind of the stuff that we caught. We still had a great time, but it was it, you know unless you're kind of dedicated to the core of like I'm gonna tent and and not in a hotel. Uh, just to get into this one panel with like Billy D, you know, that, you had to that, go early. You got to go early. I know. Yeah, we kept going each day. We went earlier and earlier because it was always sold out. And then yeah. the last day, you didn't go because we didn't get into any panels. Yeah, I except, gave up. We got, except for some of the lower ones. Yeah, we didn't spent, get any with the main spent cast. The, spent the day at Disney so, instead. <laughs> yeah, and so Bryce and I, we left the hotel at three in the morning, and we finally got into one of the the actual uh, panels with like Mark Hamill. Was the only right. only person we got to see was from the cast, except for Wedge. We got to see Wedge, which was in a, a smaller smaller uh, right yeah panel. It's cool though. You know, you get to you get to walk past some of these people. I mean, um, 
Uh, I walked right past Anthony Daniels, and I think he was. Yeah, I remember that. We waved at him. He waved back. Yeah, that's right. You were you were there right next to me, and and he uh, he just he's yeah I guess he's being directed by he was with somebody you know the the staff one of the volunteers, and they were taking him to wherever he needed to go next kind of thing. But you know they walk him through the big huge hall of shops and everything like that. And it's like, hey, there's Anthony Daniels. Yeah, I don't want to bother him with a signature or anything like that. He's yeah, technically he he's, he's off duty. But, you know, yeah, he's uh, it's cool, though, because, you know, if you're friendly, you know, say hi kind of thing, they're they're, they're going to bound to be saying hi. They're, they're there for the fans, right? So um, it's a cool experience. And, you know, anyone who's kind of in Anaheim, who've, uh, I mean, tickets are sold out, but I'm sure there's scalpels out there. Not that I support the... The trade, but <laughs> you know, you do what you have to do, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, this experience it, it's unlike anything else, and and uh, and you know, anyone who's going, I'm quite jealous, so you know, enjoy, enjoy yeah, the experience. Um, I can't, I can't wait till we have our panel there at some point, our booth, and people can come say hi. That's true. Uh, Star Wars Celebration, <laughs> they did, they did open up a, uh, a podcast panel, and I believe 30 podcasts are have been approved to go. Uh, some of the it's big, awesome. some of the big ones are already going. Yeah. And uh, naturally, you know, we're, we're based in Canada, the great white North. So uh, we're not going, but <laughs> you know, Shoot. yeah, I know the, we're, we're number 31 on the list of top Star Wars podcasts. That's so right. Close. 31. We just <laughs> barely made the cut, you know, just, like just underneath, man. What can you do next year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, you can pre-order Star Wars merchandise from the Star Wars Celebration Store on their official website. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, okay, how do you guys feel about? Um, I know, I know, I know. We all have our collective thoughts about about Lando and uh, and Luke and their their storylines through the sequel trilogy. Um, but yeah, Diego, let's let's start off with you. I mean, um, if you were to get a story in the form of a novel that kind of filled in the gaps for you between episode six and seven uh, episode six and seven and just kind of made reason to some things uh, which maybe you had a hard time when you went and saw the movie and let's just kind of wear the shoes of somebody that that might be in that position would you like a story like that or, or do you just kind of at this point you're like nope i don't care i'm out kind of thing like i'm just curious well i mean when you said episode seven you kind of lost me there so uh quite honestly like I wouldn't be interested. The reason being is because I, I hate the sequels with such a passion, right? And uh, I'll definitely say this every time I get the opportunity, but uh, I'd be more interested in things like uh, maybe something like, let's say, uh, let's just say there was a novel or a movie or a show or something that's like between episodes one and two or something like that. Or... Um, yeah, something like that. But anything to do, like anything that branches kind of in between the Star Wars that I consider like the good stuff, one through six, and of course Clone Wars. Um, if it like bridges the gap, I'm just not interested because anything that's on the sequel side of things is just eh. Gotcha. I I really could care less for it. But gotcha. you sound like the fa- one of the fans who their dream is that secretly Dave Filoni is gonna make the sequels non-canon <laughs> you know i i'd be all over that I'm, i'll be honest with you <laughs> like do you trust dave filoni yeah i mean not enough to watch star wars rebels though. well <laughs> okay okay like we're going like all right like we're going from clone wars right which was awesome right and then you you put like uh, you put rebels right after it right it's just kind of like uh, 
it's yes, Cold my Wars, expectations were a little high. I'll be honest, but I mean, still, it's like, like uh, I don't know. It's right. Just, okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. I don't yeah. want to pin you to the wall or anything. But yeah. Um, yeah. Do, okay. You like you like the live action stuff though, right? Like Mandalorian. Yeah. Book of book. Well, you haven't. You, I don't think you've seen the full Book of Boba show yet. But I've only seen like one or two episodes. Of right. It, so. Okay. Yeah. But you liked Mandalorian. You liked the whole conclusion with Luke and everything like that. I and love what they did there. That kind of stuff. I'm all for. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this this story, Shadow of the Sith, is a forthcoming adult novel written by Adam Christopher. It's scheduled to be published by Del Rey June 28th. It's focusing on a story based around a younger Luke Skywalker with Lando Calrissian. And the growing threat of the Sith Eternal. And the Sith Eternal is, um, in Episode 9, was that organization of, of, of Sith cultists that basically helped resurrect Palpatine. And um, there were all those people in on Exegol, or all those people in the cloaks and everything like that, watching the final confrontation between Rey and, and Palpatine, right? Um Anyways, the, the Sith Eternal is is like the kind of the key kind of villain of the story. On the cover of the book, there's like a uh, somebody with a red lightsaber and in a mask and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it is um, looks kind of looks kind of menacing. Uh, but yeah, let's read the synopsis here. So the Empire is dead nearly two decades on the ba- uh, on from the Battle of Endor. The tattered remnants of Palpatine's forces have fled to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. But for the heroes of the New Republic, danger and loss are ever-present companions, even in this newly forged era of peace. Jedi Master Luke Skywalker is haunted by visions of the dark side, foretelling an ominous secret growing somewhere in the depths of space. On a dead world called Exegol, the disturbance of the Force is undeniable, and Luke's worst fears are confirmed when his old friend, Lando Calrissian, comes to him with reports of a new Sith menace. After his daughter was stolen from his arms, Lando searched the stars for any trace of the lost child. But every new rumor only led to dead ends and fading hopes, until he crossed paths with Achi of Bestoon, a Sith assassin tasked with kidnapping a young girl. Achi's true motives remain shrouded to Luke and Lando, on a, for on a junkyard moon a mysterious envoy of the Sith Eternal has bequeathed a sacred blade to the assassin, promising that it will give him answers to the questions that have haunted him since the Empire fell. In exchange, he must complete a final mission, return to Exegol with the key to the Sith's glorious rebirth, the granddaughter of Darth Sidious himself, Rey. As Archie hunts Rey and her parents to the edge of the galaxy, Luke and Lando race to the, into the mystery of the Sith's lingering shadow and aid a young family running for their lives. This is kind of interesting because this actually gives a lot of insight into the relationship of uh, of that that Luke already has with Ray's family, and this is something that the films never gave us. It's something that it's like a piece of that was missing to that puzzle that they yeah. that the picture that they tried to make in the end, right? And it's almost it's funny because like, this this is more aligned with what people speculated about since the first movie came out, even before it was never even met, really mentioned in the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and um you know, my thoughts my thoughts kind of remain consistent with with uh, Mandalorian. Um and there was an episode in the Mandalorian where they very much hinted at the fact that Snoke was being kind of made in these vats on uh, on the Imperial base that yeah. um that the 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 crew uh and Mandalorian and stuff kind of infiltrate and destroy. 
And there was it's a also very... in uh, Rise of Skywalker. You see all the Snokes and tubes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on in this in that particular episode of Mandalorian, they kind of insinuated that could be Snoke in there, like a bunch of them. And I mean, I'm I'm not really any kind of fan of those three films myself. But um, all I could think about was I appreciate the fact that there's nothing that can be done about this. People are going to like them. People are going to hate them. Right. Like any Star Wars movie, you still go out on the street. Somebody's going to tell you that they hate the Phantom Menace, right? It's just you throw a rock and somebody's got a least favorite Star Wars movie, right? <laughs> Nobody loves all of them. And so, you know, it, throw a rock in a crowd. You'll probably hit someone who does like the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or attack of the clones or whatever, right? Like, like, like Phil, Phil was telling us on a, on a chat that, that his least favorite Star Wars movie is attack of the clones. And it's like, okay, even well, with the sequels, yeah. even with like, the sequels all, and, all, and he hates everything. the sequel, right? Yeah. And so, you know, everyone's got that movie that they're like, I just can't stand it. Right. And for some people, it's, it's one of them. For some people, it's the other one. Um, and you know, it's okay because we're passionate about this franchise. You know, we, we love, we love this story and that's why there's parts of it that we don't like, because we all want it to be perfect and nothing's perfect in this world. So, um, I'm, I, what I am thankful for though, is that they are making stories like this that try to smooth over the rough patches and they try to kind of make sense of the things that we already have. And so I'm going to read this book because, Oh oh yeah. I think we definitely need to read this. I think I'm going to read it just to try and make sense of it for me, you know, and I'm still not going to like the movies, but at least for me, at least I can kind of maybe put this at, at, at to rest, right? (laughs) Like I can, I, it's like, there's a corpse inside me that's unhappy. It's like, it's not, it's not properly slept yet until I put it to bed with this book and uh, Man, let like that guy be dead. Like, just just <laughs> let it be. Like, the movies suck. It's like a zombie. It just keeps coming back, man. You gotta, you gotta it keeps haunting you in your dreams. Just... Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, yeah. Uh... No, no, Josh, I'll read this too, and we'll do a proper review of it and see if it, it helps bridge what's okay. going on in the sequels. That because there, there's a lot of stuff that it looks like this book is going to touch on that have been sore spots for me with the sequels. So. I'm curious yes. to see what they'll do. But I will say, I don't think a book will probably be enough to air all the grievances. Same with what my opinion was with the prequels. There was there was issues that I think were worked out really well with the Clone Wars series. Mm. Whether we can do something similar to that. If Dave can do something of that quality now to try to smooth over the sequels, I think that would make a huge difference in a lot of fans' eyes. Oh, totally. But yeah. yeah. That's a that's a big ask, especially considering they had the setup with the Clone Wars between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith to fit an entire storyline of the war. Whereas with the sequels, they were more or less back to back. So there's not a lot of in between room. Yeah, they they really didn't give themselves enough room to tell that story. But um, no, I feel like um, you know we we got we got Diego right here, who's Clone Wars expert. <laughs> and anyone who's been with the podcast long enough though if you've seen the if you listen to all our clone wars talk episodes you know we we break down that that show thoroughly uh our story yeah. arc to so, story arc if and, you have any questions at all anything just tweet at star wars escape pod podcast and diego will answer all of your questions <laughs> <laughs> no what i uh what i was <laughs> what i was intending to mention though is like um you know as a as a guy who who uh, at first you were kind of hesitant to watch clone wars and then you start watching it and after about a season or two you kind of really started to, to to get into it right and started to really appreciate that story um before that show was done though like did you have any gripes with missing that clone wars we you are know, missing the story 
And, 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 you know, would you say it added value to the rough patch that it kind of, you know, it was almost like a piece of it was missing, right? Because that's kind of the way I look at this book. Like, do you do you perceive the Clone Wars that way? Um, yeah, I think like for me, that what's great about that show is like it it bridges that gap between Attack of Clones and Revenge of the Sith, right? Um, other than you know maybe a couple odd episodes here and there, it's like eh, I could have gone without watching that. Like for example, that R two D two and C three PO like specific episode where you see them doing their thing. Uh, that that's, that's everyone's least favorite episode. <laughs> I know, but that, that's the one that I remember most. That's like, I, you know, that's, that's what tw- half an hour of my life. I'll never get back, but, but that's okay. <laughs> like it's all good. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah, like uh, stuff like that is, is fine. But I think the show as a whole, um, really did a good job at explaining certain things that they mention. uh, like for example, Sifadius, something like that, that they mention in the movies, but they don't really go in into a whole lot of depth, and they just kind of mention it, and oh, it's it's yeah. there, right? But uh, and also just that's the what fact really that, most about that the first show. movie ends as the um, war starts, yeah. and then and then Revenge of the Sith starts as it's ending. So it's like there's this huge middle section that's just missing. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, and, and you know, and and what you said about Sifadius, like that. That, that to a lot of people was a huge gripe for many years because, you know, it's like, okay, here's this story and this movie with like a big plot line that's missing a piece. And we never got the conclusion of that. And and that's George Lucas, right? And and um, I think George is pretty good about wrapping up his stories, but uh, that was one chapter that he just never got into at first, right? And it just didn't find the time to tell it in the films. And then long behold, Clone Wars is kind of comes along and it's like, well, we can answer it now. And and Clone Wars was his thing, but um, but you know, just in the live action films, it's like he couldn't, he didn't have the time to finish that, that that piece of the story. And Attack of the Clones is until Last Jedi, it was the longest Star Wars movie that was existed, out of the the seven of them plus the spinoffs that were done. And uh, you know, I think it it goes beyond just the shows like that. It goes be it goes into the books and the comics and stuff like that. You know, fans who are looking for answers for for some of the, the pieces of the story that kind of they hold as gripes because uh, it wasn't fully completed or answered or whatever questions they had. The books and comics and the shows and the animation shows all kind of complete that story and that picture, right? So it's it's kind of nice to see, you know, whether we like these movies or not, it's nice to see them kind of put out content like this that does try to make sense of things and try to put certain storylines to rest and, and at least finish it, you know? Because I think... I think uh, an incomplete story is always worse than a bad story, in my opinion. Because an incomplete story is like they'd never tried. And and they didn't... It's like, oh, this didn't go well. Let's just not bother, right? It's like it's like seeing, uh, um, you know, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the new Spider-Man movie. But, <laughs> I mean, like seeing the, seeing the Spider-Man movie, it, it, it's almost... Um, for anyone who, who wanted to see a, a third Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie and... It got the whole thing got shut down. The whole the whole franchise got cut off, and it's like now you get to see the continuation of that title, right? And and it's like that's awesome, that's cool because you get to see some ties that they, you know, they put some things to bed, you know, put some things to rest, and it's like that now now that just sits better inside me, right? Um, and even even the fans that that weren't as much of a fan of that over Toby or whatever, you know, I know I know uh, all three of us here probably like Toby was our Spider Man. 
you know. Yeah, it's true. And yeah. and uh, and you know, not that I I, I loved Andrew Garfield Spider Man as well, but it's just it's just nice to kind of see a conclusion in in any circumstance, right? And I think this book for for a lot of people is might be the answer to their kind of some of the some of the things that they might might hold uh, uh, against these these sequel films is like it might it might help put it to rest a bit better. So, um, you know, yeah, so I will say a, a big issue for me, and I think a lot of fans with the sequels was just the constant conveniences. Like, for example, Ochi's, Ochi's Dagger, which happens to line up perfectly with the fall of Death Star, which means it, it, this thing looks ancient, but it also lines up perfectly with a Death Star that crashed like, a, what, 10, 15 years ago? Doesn't make any sense. So I'd like to see in the story, in the novel, if they actually address that. Oh, yeah. No, agreed. Yeah, there's there's certain there's certain plot holes for sure that I would, I would love to see them uh, try and patch up. And one of the things, uh, one of those minor things that I think came out of Clone Wars for me was Force Ghosts, right? Like they, they did a whole arc with Yoda. Um, I remember like, you know, we talked about it extensively with the whole Force Ghost principle and um, being able to uh, be a Force Ghost or just being like a voice like Qui-Gon. Like, you know, some of them get to maintain their physical body in a ghost format. And then here's Qui-Gon. He's just, he's, he still exists in the Force but he's only a voice and he never actually got the full uh, training experience that Yoda had and so on and so forth to perceive his body to other people, right? He just shows up to Yoda as a bunch of splink, you know, blinking lights floating around. So that was one thing to me that I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, people who went and saw the prequels for the first time, they, they, I think a lot of us may have been confused. And this goes back a ways where I can't really remember if I was fully confused about this or not, but I know a lot of people were. Um, why don't the Jedi die? Uh, uh, why don't they disappear, right? Like, w- like, why is Qui-Gon just lying on the ground? Why is he not disappearing like Ben Kenobi does? Or like Vader or Luke does, right? Well, um, uh, Vader or uh, Yoda does, sorry. And, and uh, the answer came much, much later, right? Because we went for the whole prequel trilogy. Jedi die, they just sit there. It's like, where's their body going? You know, it's like they're supposed to be transformed in the force, like what we saw in episode four and or episode four, five, and six, right? Uh, there's a huge continuity error there. And again, George Lucas, right? But once again, it's a story that he was intending to tell think, for another time. Yeah, I think he had intentionally done did that yeah. even then because that was uh, an excuse to why, like, let's say that Qui Gon did, uh, like turned into the force and his body disappeared that would raise the question there where are the force ghosts that should be helping the council make decisions yeah they had to avoid that issue right so i think that's why that wasn't the case then and obviously that's what was filled in but mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly so um you know it's answers like this that's like okay maybe maybe some of the continuity things and some of the errors that came out of uh episode nine and eight or seven or whatever uh maybe some of them can't necessarily be fixed with um with story material fill-in and and maybe some of them were caused because of the constant shift in creative direction right um but whatever the case is whether it was intentional or not it's content like this that that kind of smooths that over and and so i think we can you know whether we like those movies or not we can all kind of look forward to completion (laughs) um and putting stuff up putting stuff to bed uh so yeah um that 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 comes out later this year what comes out soon, though, moving on to the next thing, is uh, 
the new Lego Star Wars game. You guys have fond memories soon, of Lego Star Wars? Soon TM. It's been soon for a year. Yeah, yeah. You played Lego Star Wars, Daniel? Uh, not a whole lot. I remember like uh, when I had like one of my first cell phones, I had uh, an app for like the Lego Star Wars thing. Uh, and I played the like demo version, but other than that, not a whole lot. I had that too, the demo version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a- yeah. Xbox magazine. <laughs> it's a different era. So um, a lot, of, a lot of, uh, a lot of us have grown up with either, you know, some some DS game or or you know, Game Boy game. Whatever. Uh, there's like there's adults out there that have played the every Lego Star Wars game since like the first one, and. Uh, this newest one is going to be, it's called the Skywalker Saga. It incorporates episodes one through nine all in one game. Over 300 playable minifigure characters. It's going to be huge. Ah. It's the, this is the biggest Lego Star Wars game that they've ever done. And it's taken them years to make it. So I'm quite yeah. excited to see this. That's probably the reason why it's been delayed so many times. This is going to keep cramming more characters. I mean, and... I mean, when you're looking at a game that you can play as Max Rebo, yeah, um, <laughs> I bet you that, that that was probably the sole reason right there. Pushed back six months because I couldn't get the walk cycle for Max Rebo down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Darian would would want you all to know Max Rebo is a playable character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Lego, there's a there's some new Lego Star Wars diorama sets. I mean, we all love Star Wars Lego. We've all got Star Wars Lego. There's some new Star Wars Lego diorama sets coming out, which depict key moments of all the movies. And, um, and so they're launching three that you can get like the, ju- the junk, uh, the trash compactor scene, uh, the, whoa, you know, is that Anakin in front of the younglings? <laughs> <laughs> you can get the Luke on Dagobah scene and you can get, um, what's the other one? I'm complete. I'm, I'm mind blanking. Uh, uh, I can the see, trench run. I just Googled it. The trench, trench run. run. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, right. Thank you. Yes. Trench run. So, so you, you can get those three um, available kind of in the coming months. You can pre-order them now, but yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. You can kind of have these key moments of the movies, like just say, and they're, they're, uh, they're designed for adults. They're on the box. This is 18 plus. So um, more complicated kind of designs for these sets, lots of little pieces and, and, uh, uh, I don't know. They they look pretty neat. Uh, I, I was thinking to myself, but I, if I didn't have so much Star Wars Lego already, I might actually got get some of these. But um, yeah, that trench run looks crazy. The detail in the trench itself, like that's yeah. nuts. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, I know we're flying through subjects here, but I want to try and get to this the, the the main one at the end. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one more here. Um, I was reading an I was reading an interesting article on insidethemagic.net. Uh, this is a, this is a, 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 it's kind of like one of those, they do lots of fandom related news and, and stuff about Disney and this and that. Um, and they did an article which kind of struck my attention. It was called Star Wars Could Revive the Biggest Missed Opportunity in the Franchise History. And uh, I know I've been talking a lot recently, recently in our recordings about doing an episode specifically about Star Wars Missed Opportunities. And so I was, it kind of piqued my interest. So I was like, okay, I got, I got to read this. I got to check this out. And uh, I was reading this going, hey, this is kind of interesting because I've never heard about this before. Um, but this, this particular report, wherever they're getting their source from, I have no idea. Maybe take it with a grain of salt. Um, but uh, they're, they're claiming per this report, and I quote, Underworld was to be an anthology show focusing on different characters in different time periods through the galaxy. 
The stories of both Rogue One and Solo, a Star Wars story, originated as underworld episodes before they were repurposed as anthology films. Um, and for anyone who's aware of what Underworld was, it was actually a live-action Star Wars show that George Lucas had planned before he sold the company. And there was going to be uh, a couple hundred hours of, of this particular show. Uh, this is around the same time that Revenge of the Sith came out, and, and he's on uh, George is on talk shows talking about this show as if it's going to be a thing. And Clone Wars came out before that, but it just never never happened. Uh, but you can find some screen test footage uh, that uh, Stargate Studios did, uh, which was a proof of concept for budgetary purposes and pitching to networks and stuff like that. Um, and these scripts exist for the show. One of them was most famously known for depicting Palpatine and his evil and the way he is uh, as being related to a woman that completely broke his heart. And it's like a it, it's an idea that people have kind of been very angered about for a long time because um, I think we like to assume that he's just naturally evil, right? Uh, But anyway. He's he's the embodiment of the the Sathari, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, what what was interesting about Underworld, which this site further details, or this article further details, is um, Rick McCallum commented on the plot of the series. And he said that Lucas envisioned somewhere like 100 hours between episode three and four with a lot of characters that we haven't met yet, been in developed uh, in some of the movies or some of the novels and other things. Uh, we, we are really excited about that. And he says, finally, we could have had an opportunity to answer everybody's questions once and for all by the time we finished the series. So it sounded as if this series took place through the whole period of that 19 years between episode three and four. It could have, they could have brought Ewan McGregor back for Obi-Wan. They could have done something about the start of the rebellion with Bail Organa, you know, and Mon Mothma, you know, using the same actors that they did in Rogue One and, you know, whatever. Uh, they could have done a variety of things. And it sounded like this episode or this show uh, is that uh, was going to kind of kind of like Clone Wars. It would go in different directions with different characters over different periods of time. Right. Um, and then it also says it is going to be much darker, grittier and is much more character based. Think about bounty hunters. That's all I can tell you. Uh, he also called it Deadwood in Space and Empire on Steroids and compared it to The Godfather. Uh, Lucasfilm's Stephen J. Sands, we also described the series as revealing the greasy, seamy underbelly of Star Wars, uh, which we all know uh, is kind of kind of how Mandalorian's based in that in that world of, of bounty hunters and, and, and scum and all that. Um, but, you know, it's just it was just further detail that I'd never heard before. Um, so I'm just curious, what, what are you guys thoughts on that? Hmm. Do I think Palpatine would conquer an entire galaxy and murder millions because a girl broke up with him? <laughs> I don't know. Seems like a bit of a stretch. I do want to add the caveat, though, that I believe that part of this idea was written by George right after he went through a divorce. So maybe a little bit of influence. Some personal uh, story story detailing there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that happened just a little bit before the prequels. Right. Diego's sitting here in silence. He's like stewing over it. Like, what? Did you like Rogue One and and Solo? Uh, um. Okay, Rogue One. Like the entire movie was kind of like. It's nice because it kind of gives you a little bit of, uh, <clears throat> I guess, fill the gaps between three and four, right? Uh, 
but really the the only reason I, I, I might rewatch that movie is for that Vader scene. Really, that's 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 the only reason why. Let's not kid ourselves, right? Blake's nodding his head, going like, "Yeah." <laughs> um, I like that movie. That was good. Yeah, and Solo. Uh, Solo was nice, but it, it it it's still like, it's not like super rewatchable in my opinion. Really, what I remember most is seeing Maul again, but it's, right. it's just a hologram, right? Like, right. But uh, yeah, I mean how they get the millennium falcon and all that sort of stuff uh, but it's yeah not too memorable in in my opinion but would right. you have liked it better if it was the same story but dash rendar instead of say han solo uh i don't know i'd i'd have to i'd have to see it to to see how it goes phil phil's got an ongoing theory that if solo was a dash rendar movie it would have been way more successful which I don't know if I agree with that or not, or or if he's just kind of grasping <laughs> at straws. Yeah. But yeah, I get yeah. what he's saying, though. Like I feel like going into it with this character that's pre-established may might have hurt it more than it helped it. Right. Which I think yeah. there is reason to believe that because a lot of people they like Han Solo as who he is, and they don't feel like they need that information filled in. Right. Yeah. Um. So for me, uh, for me, Rogue One and Solo, I quite, I quite liked both of those. I mean, when you could, when you pitch them against the sequel trilogy, I'll take them, you know, any day of the week. But, um, you know, and it, it, it just uh, is something about the anthology movies that that really does feel organic because they're set within the, the the George Lucas timeline, and that's kind of key to any kind of good Star Wars story, is that you you set it in the Lucas story. <laughs> And all of a sudden, it's well integrated because they, they have bookends. It's like, okay, well, you can't go that far to change this because episode four is your next movie or whatever. But you can't go this far because bef- with prior events because episode three was the last movie or whatever, right? And and it's like you're kind of locked in this in this uh, period of very solid Lucas events that keeps it feeling grounded. And I think that's right. kind of key saying, to making a good Star Wars story, which, yeah, you know. That's why Mandalorian does so well, because like they're, it's coming off the, the base of, of episode six, right? And so you right. you get moments like that young Luke Skywalker, and you get, um, you know, a, a character showing up that or that are originally originally from uh, this other content that that Lucas has done, right? You know, get Ahsoka showing up, and you know, Satine, uh, or sorry, Bo Katan, um, uh, and uh, you know, in in the new. Uh, and the new Ahsoka show, they've casted someone to play a live action Sabine Wren, you know, from from Rebels. So, yeah, there's there's like these connections there, and and I think like it's it's curious to me that that this article is claiming that Solo and Rogue One were originally rough scripts for this Underworld show, and I was like, that's that makes me very curious. Like I was like, because I always thought that Rogue One was just pitched as a idea um, from from um, who was it? Uh, you know, head honcho, head honcho of ILM, right? John John Noel. John Noel, that's right. Yes, yeah. and and that's like, what I always heard. That that's what was yeah, that's what was always talked about. Was that was he walked into the room, conference room, and kind of pitched it to Kathy. He was like, hey, let's do a movie about this. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it was a script for this underworld show. Yeah, maybe he read it from the script and said, yeah. "Hey, this was a good idea. Why don't we do this?" Yeah, maybe, maybe so. I don't know. Maybe I thought, I thought he just, just conveniently, conveniently did mention it was a script for the show and took the credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just curious, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, our our final topic is um, is something I've been waiting for for a little while. It's uh, we we at one point. Oh well, before we move on, we gotta say we gotta answer the question, Josh. Would you then want to want them to make a series turning the the Palpatine storyline into something that's canon? Do that in like live action series or movie or whatever. You talking about you talking about the broken heart Palpatine story? Yeah, well, we see how he was like spurned and then decided he's gonna rule the galaxy. No, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see that story. Um, what I do want to see is, uh, is how they is how they, um, okay, James James Lucino's Darth Plagueis book. I want to yeah, see that Palpatine story. I want to see this kid who's like, like mentally messed up and like killing his parents and stuff. Like that's that's the story that was told in that book. That's the story I want to see. If they do a Palpatine story, they got to do it like a young Voldemort story. And they got to do it like this twisted kid who's just off the hook, who gets picked up by this mysterious old figure who turns out to be Plagueis and he's looking for a new apprentice and he senses the the dark side in this kid or something like that, right? Prophesized dark, dark side chosen one sort of story, right? Like that's the kind of story I picture for Sidious if there ever was one. If there isn't one like that, don't do it. Like it's it's just not as it's like yes. I don't want to see a Yoda movie either. You know, I, I like doing a couple of episodes in Clone Wars is cool. It's fine. I don't want to see a whole two hour movie about the origins of Yoda. It's just better left a mystery, right? <laughs> Unless There'd it could be, be a lot told of time well. jumping. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, fifty uh, year time jumps. I, it's just me personally. I'm like, you know what? It's a character that's almost too dangerous to touch. And and um, you know, if they want to do any singular character stories, I think Kenobi's a great a great choice, right? We're all looking forward to Kenobi. Uh, but yeah, again, it's inside the George Lucas universe. Exactly. exactly. Like young Luke, he's watching over him kind right. of thing. Stuff like yeah. that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Wanna see. He watches him grow up from afar. Right. But he doesn't actually make contact or anything like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. The old Herman in the desert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah. 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 What character would you want to watch if they did another one? Palpatine, like you were mentioning Palpatine, that would be sweet. Right. I'm not so sure about the heartbreak one. Uh, the it have to be Plagueis though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to you have to incorporate that in that story. Um, but I, I want to touch on like Yoda, like in my opinion, I think like you're right when you say like his character is kind of like, you know, you touch it, it may may kind of screw something up, right? Somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. But on the same token, like you said, if they do it well, imagine like a like a I don't know padawan yoda right he's going learning the ropes right and you see him grow but again it, like it's hundreds of years to get to where yeah. he's at right right but, uh yeah i, I, I don't even know, know if i, I would, would love like to that. see like like a qui-gon like, teaching a young obi-wan kind yeah. of thing something like that right um, that'd be better i agree with that if they had to do yoda i would like yoda to still be the master or maybe his like first apprentice i don't want to see like infant yoda doing the trials you know i uh, what i always thought would be a good movie is um it would be kind of a creative choice of of wanting to do it this way and they kind of did i guess in in solo with the flash forward of you know first first he's on corellia then like he's he's you know two years later he's kind of in the imperial academy and then flash forward again and now he's doing his own thing so it would kind of be a little of that but i i read a scholastic star wars book many years ago and it was called uh, secrets of the jedi and legacy of the jedi and i know for fact that you read it as well because you had uh one of them 
You had either Legacy or, or Secrets of the Jedi, I th- Diego. I think... And Mace Windu had, a, had like, a, there was, like, a girl on the cover with a purple lightsaber. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, I think that one, Secrets? Secrets of the Jedi, I think yeah. so. So yeah. I had I had Legacy and Secrets, and they both kind of, it was, like, one after the other. It was, like, a, like two books that kind of went hand in hand. And basically, <clears throat> um, it worked its way into uh, the Jude Watson Star Wars novels for kids, which was, uh, at first it was Jedi Apprentice. Then, uh, and Blake, you read some Jedi Apprentice books back in the day, right? If I did, it was a long time ago. It was, it was about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. So there was it was those ones, and then there was the Jedi Quest series, which was Obi-Wan and Anakin between episodes one and two. And then uh, then there was the Last of the Jedi series, which was just Obi-Wan after episode three. It involved uh, Anakin's rival at the Jedi Order called Fierce Olin and all this stuff. Anyway, um, these, these two books, Secrets and Legacy, they told a, an interweaving story of a villain who had connections to all of these characters, okay? And it flashed forward through history um, of the uh, of events that crossed over with this particular character under the relationship of Yoda and Dooku, Dooku and Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan and Anakin. It was the four kind of big, you know, master-apprentice relationships that you see um, kind of, uh, I guess evolve or or dissolve through the period of of the films and um and i thought it was such a good story because you just kind of read through this this book these two books and and you know one chapter you're kind of experiencing something that happened in the past and then the next chapter you know you're you're maybe you know i i I don't know maybe maybe it was just my bad memory or something like that but i feel like it flashed forward like from past to the future all the time otherwise it just kind of told a streamlined story beginning to end of those relationships but it was so good and i was like okay if yoda is in any kind of story like that i think the key to do a movie with yoda is to kind of space it out you know like make it a story of of yoda's experience in the jedi from like when he's younger then flash forward like 200 years and then do another like 20 minutes on that or whatever, and then just kind of maybe tell a story as to like how he's seen the Jedi Order fall, like as time goes by. You know, you throw in the High Republic in there, or whatever, right? Like that would be kind of. I neat. could see that as a Disney series that would never work as a movie, like a, a mini series, a mini series, maybe yeah. like six episodes or whatever. Like however they're doing Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Uh, but yeah, yeah, I could see that happening, like being something like that. So he starts like High Republic and then get close to Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, something like that for sure. Um, all right. If you guys are good with it, I'm going to move on to our final thing here. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, oh, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah. So last time we, uh, we did a Rotten Tomatoes breakdown of the critic review, um, or the critic rating of all of the Star Wars shows. And we just kind of went through Rotten Tomatoes and, uh, determined, um, what critics thought of every single Star Wars show that had ever been done. Um, that goes for all the Disney Plus stuff, all the animated shows. You know, I think there's a total. Let's do of a refresher. Let's go. Let's do critics first. I want to see Diego's reaction to this. Okay. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. Um, okay. I'm just looking up the list here. Star Rotten Tomatoes uh, TV ranked. Okay. Okay. So these are Rotten Tomatoes critics rankings because you know there's audience ranking and critics ranking. Okay. So uh, this is the critic ranking of all the Star Wars shows. Well, Diego's got to say what he thinks it is. Yeah. 
Okay, so so okay, so I'm gonna list them all off, and you gotta, uh, uh, and you gotta try and try at least try and think of which ones at the back, which ones at the the head of of the list. Okay, so there's seven placements, and there's seven Star Wars shows. Okay, you gotta try and like figure out which ones which. So um, there's it, not in this order. Okay, there's uh, all the shows that are on this list is uh, Star Wars Visions, the anime, uh, Star Wars Rebels, the Clone Wars. The Mandalorian, The Bad Batch, Resistance, and The Book of Boba Fett, okay? I know it's a lot to keep track of, but which one do you think is kind of like at the very head if you were to place Ooh, number uh, one? Okay, so this is this is the what the critics say this is, the is critics like number rating. one? Yeah, okay, critics. So I yeah. think uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Mandalorian for the top spot. That's my guess. And then maybe... Uh, Book of Boba, um, uh, Clone Wars in third place. Uh, the other ones I don't know. I'll, I'll, like for sure, like at least for me, Rebels would be at that dead last. If there's something like beyond last, like even worse than worst place, like, uh, or like re- Resistance, would you put Rebels above or below Resistance? Uh which one's which one's resistance that's the that's the one that's, that's after rebels resistance is yeah. like yeah it's kind of it's not even 3d animation it, well it sort of is it's it's um it's stylized as if it was 2d so um it's 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 like 3d anime picture clone wars with just very bright pastel colors and it looks as if it's hand animated but it's not it's all there's no shadows it doesn't no, look yeah. flat like like a 90s cartoon. Yeah, like a 90s cartoon, yeah. Hmm. And uh, it's set in the sequels, so it's got like Poe Dameron and all those Yeah, characters. it's set between episodes 7 and 8. Am I thinking of that old uh, Clone Wars show? or Kind of, kind of, because there are moments of that old show that, that did have some 3D aspects to it. So yeah, something, I think if that's the, if that's the only thing you've seen that's close to that, then I would go with that. As far as like the depiction goes, uh, but slight, slightly less, yeah, slightly less, kind of anime looking. Okay, so. uh, I guess in that case, I would I would say, uh, Rebels is above that show in their ratings. That's my guess, uh, and then the, the anime one probably somewhere in the middle. Okay, and then there was a few more. What were the other ones? Uh, Visions, which is the anime. Yeah, so that's um, somewhere in the middle, I'm guessing. Yeah, Rebels. Should be dead last, uh, but yeah. The Bad Batch, which is the Clone Wars sequel. Bad Batch. Bad Batch is oh. the only one left, I think. Uh, uh, probably Bad Batch, I'd probably say it's behind Clone Wars. Maybe, maybe in front of it. No, no, no. Let's say behind Clone Wars. Yeah. Okay. That's my this guess. It sounds like you've you're pretty close to what Josh and I had guessed as well. Yeah. Just I think Boba Fett was just a little bit lower on our list. Like Clone Wars was like they basically just switched. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. But so you, here's here's the reveal. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so here's the reveal. All right. Um everyone listening from 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 our couple episodes ago would, would, would know this would know this list. But yeah, uh let's go through it. So at the very bottom We've got the book of Boba Fett with a rating of sixty-eight percent fresh tomato critics. All right, really, very bottom. Yeah, huh? 
we got season one of the Bad Batch. Season two is delayed till next year, by the way, um, is in number six, all right, with a rating of 88%. Uh, then we have Star Wars Resistance at number five with a rating of 92% Fresh Tomato. Just above that in number four, we have The Mandalorian halfway through this list at 93%. Blows my mind. Spot number three, we've got Star Wars The Clone Wars at a tie for 93%. Star Wars Visions, the anime, is at number two with 96%, with leaving Star Wars Rebels as number one at 98% (laughs) Star Wars... Top of the list, man. 98% fresh tomato. You, you, you should see his face right now. He's like so confused. Your list is backwards. He, he looks sick. Like, what are these reviewers smoking? Like, what drugs are they using and injecting into into themselves? Like, that's just, that's insanity. Like, I knew we had to do this this way. Oh my gosh. It, it blew my mind just as much, man. But why is the Mandalorian so low? Why is Rebels number one? Okay. <laughs> these, these critics, though, they're, again like i'm gonna reiterate what i said last time these critics are just critics right they're just people working for magazines and review and like you know newspapers and stuff that are or or or, uh film critic sites that just they watch the thing and they're like you know what here it is and they they just slap their score on there and and like i I don't even know how 98 percent is even possible show i consider diego a critic so I guess he would fall under the group that would rate Rebels as 9.9 or whatever it is out of 10, right? Right. Yeah, 9.9 out of 10 for Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Put, put a put a minus sign in front of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with, uh, with audience reviews now. Okay, so this is something we didn't get into last time. This is something I've been looking forward to. So we got our seven critics list here. And uh, now we're going to talk about audience reviews. Starting at the very bottom, okay? Now, I think we're about to get a little more realistic as to <laughs> what this list should look like, okay? At the very, very bottom, with 58% spilled popcorn, we got audience review for Star Wars Resistance coming at seventh place, okay? That's more like it, okay? okay. Not, not not to crap on that show or anything like that, but I feel like if you put all seven in a stack, it's like that's kind of where that one belongs, all right? Um, I would rate it a bit higher, but I'd still put it at the bottom, I would say. I yeah, think we right, right, bottom. right. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it deserves a full-on 58% because it was... No, it's, I would it's say designed, like 70% or whatever. Right, yeah. You can't be too hard on a show that's designed for like six-year-olds, right? But, I mean, you know, or seven-year-olds or whatever. Um, there, there's people in their 40s like yelling through their headphones at me going like, screw <laughs> this guy, you know what? That's my favorite show. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a number seven place. All right, n- number six place. Okay, we got The Book of Boba Fett with a fresh popcorn 60% average audience score. I'm surprised by that. I am. I'm surprised it's not higher. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, I can't really give a fair like uh, opinion on that, whether it's, uh, you know, I agree on it or not, because I've only seen like... I don't know what do we watch like two episodes. Yeah. So I, I, I like my opinion is pretty much. I mean, like I've that. seen the whole show multiple times at this point, but yeah, I think when I watched it with you, it was just the first first yeah. episode or two. I think. When... Yeah. Well, then, with that being said, like in in your opinion, like um, I think it should at least be ahead of Visions. Star Wars Visions, the anime. Okay. I think it should Visions at least had be... a really good response though. It I would did. say it should at least be ahead of Rebels. Okay, let's put oh, it. Yeah, let's, let's put it this way. way. How, and Bad Batch. How right. about? Let's let's compare the two newest ones. Let's compare Book of Boba and The Mandalorian. Like, in your guys' opinion, which one is better? 
Mando, yeah, no question. Mando, okay. Yeah. All right. Like, honestly, Mandalorian, if you just switched out the character Mandalorian with Boba Fett, the story wouldn't change and it would just be better. Like, Boba Fett would be a better series. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's our uh, that's our last two. Okay, so coming in uh, number five position, we got a sixty-eight percent fresh popcorn rating for Star Wars Visions. Star Wars. Uh, that's number oh, five. I'm surprised by that. Right. I thought it would have beat Rebels. I really did. Apparently not. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much to say about Visions. You know, it's like I feel like it's either it's either pe- people who love anime are either gonna like love it or or think it's just. You know, Star Wars fans who love anime or don't love anime are either going to love it or hate it kind of thing, right? There's no, there might be a bit of in-between of, so like, okay, yeah, it existed. But as far as being number five on this list, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's where it's at. Maybe it like should be there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of relieved that it's not higher, like in the critics ratings being at like, yeah, the critics posted it as, as, as number two. It's like, that, that is not the second best Star Wars show fresh. I've ever seen. I will say the the storylines were fresh. The storylines were fresh. Yeah. A lot of the other Star Wars series, like the stories are all kind of similar, whereas I feel like Visions right. did a good job at doing something that was really, really new. Because you can kind of say the same thing if you looked at like Clone Wars, which has a whole bunch of different storylines. So you kind of get that mixed bag. Right. Yeah. But it was condensed into seven episodes or whatever. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And all different stories and stuff. Um, you never saw Star Wars Visions, right? No. Right. Okay. No. All right. If, if you not, check if it you, out. It, yeah. You, you, I mean, it's worth just kind of watching at least the the Ronin episode and the uh, what was the other one? The the Elder. That one. The, the, those ones are pretty good. But the yeah, other one. That one was good. Of, the the best one, hands down, was gonna blank on the name. It's like Seventh Jedi or whatever it is. Oh right, that that one. Yeah. That yeah, was that the one, best. That one was if, pretty good too. Yeah. It gave me a lot of Avatar vibes. If you like Avatar: Last Airbender, yeah, that one was yeah, that one was pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the whole, visions, all the world building was so good, man. It was a it's non canon stories, but it's basically Lucasfilm gave Star Wars the, like the license to in multiple uh, Japanese anime studios, um, and just said do what you will, and we'll see what we get, right? And so they all kind of put their spin on Star Wars and meshed it with japanese culture and anime and stuff like that so you could get some really interesting stories out of it as far as just what would happen if this was like a japanese franchise or something because a lot of a lot of north american culture tends to translate good anime stories into movies and stuff like ghost in the shell or or you know uh alita last battle angel right like like stuff like stories like that like that tend to make their way over here and become quite popular um but you know, going the other way around, it's like, what is a North American story very rooted in, in, you know, George, George Lucas is about as American as it gets. <laughs> yeah, what do you do with a story that comes out of a guy like well, that? You, and you put say it in that, but, but a lot of it was based on, it was half like the old West and half Japan. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of roots it was from based on samurai. Films. Yeah, and there, there's so much. I mean, you can you can take anything in this world and and find relation to it in Star Wars because it's been it's been you know like it's the foundation of Star Wars is built on so many kind of things just in the world, right? Um, but yeah, it is it is kind of an interesting uh, take. 
Um, all right, so at number, what is this, 765? Okay, number four position. We got Star Wars The Bad Batch with an audience score of 81%. Yeah. That's all yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's all right. 80% is pretty, pretty accurate for that. Yeah. I might, like I said, I might change the order, but I think that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, as 80, far as 81%. Just a percentage. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I don't have much to say on that show. I mean, it's a it's a sequel to Clone Wars. It was great to see it back. Um, uh, I would have really loved to have seen Clone Wars continue, you know, personally get the stories that we still got chopped out when the show was canceled, but whatever. I mean, uh, I was pretty happy with, with that first season and, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to season two. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was all right. 81%. I feel like that's, that's pretty fair. Uh, what's close is number three position at 83% average audience score. Star Wars Rebels in number mm. three position from the top. Interesting. <laughs> I, I would have flipped Bad Batch with Rebels personally as far as where I think like, yeah. it should be in that in that rating it's, system. It but. is hard to compare them just based on the fact that Rebels has multiple seasons it and does. Bad Batch only has one. And Rebels got much better as, as it went along uh, uh, you know, there, there's some there's some standout episodes of Rebels which were uh, really good. You know, they they mm-hmm. on average like on par, I think, with some of the the better Clone Wars episodes. But as 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 a whole, I don't think that show necessarily surpasses um, Clone Wars ever in in any light. No, Clone Wars had more good episodes than yeah. Rebels did for yeah, sure. A lot more, yeah. Um, that being said, though, Bad Batch has been pretty good, like consistently. Like um, I feel like. First season is kind of rough usually, and and Bad Batch kind of knocked it in a pretty good direction. I think with their first season, um, I think you used to, you used to only need to watch season one, right? I Bad haven't Batch. seen that, no. right? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I'm, but you you love Clone Wars, so like you know you'll probably you'll probably like it. But uh, yeah, they they uh, they did do some things which were surprising. They they did some things which were um, on uh, I guess expected uh, being a Clone Wars sequel, but. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it was perceived with with fairly positive reaction. You know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the only uh, negative I can remember in us talking about, and I think this was common online as well, was just the fact that it felt a little bit too close to Mandalorian with the fact that they were carrying around this this girl who was helpless that had to help all the time. Yeah. Same as Grogu, kind of the same concept. Other than that, though, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, totally. Do they have a full season, same as Clone Wars and Rebels, 20-something episodes, or was it shorter? Star Wars Rebels? Uh, uh, or Bad, Bad Batch. Bad Batch? Um, no, I think it was uh, I think it was uh, a little shorter, wasn't it? Was it only like... That's a, I'm thinking it was too. Yeah, it was only like 16 episodes or something like that. Um, so that's part of it, is they didn't have as much filler. Right, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, 16 episodes, yeah. Yeah, that's so. a huge difference than I think twenty four whatever a regular season is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Star Wars Rebels in in third position with eighty three percent. I mean, uh, you know, um, it is what it is. But um, okay, number two, Star Wars The Mandalorian with a ninety one percent average audience rating. It's a pretty good show. It's a pretty good show. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty good show. I think it deserves to be kind of close to the top at yeah. least. You know, I would say I'm surprised it's not number one. I really thought it would have been. Well, that brings us to number one, which is 92% average audience score. That's only 1% higher. 
and that is Star Wars: The Clone. Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> no, Star Wars. Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> That's number seven, man. Yeah, number one. Yeah, Star uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Ninety-two percent. This show deserves to be at the top. I think um, so. It, it's the last thing that George Lucas ever did. It's um, it's easily got. The, it's got the most amount of good, solid episodes. Um, I'd rather watch some of the Clone Wars episodes a hundred times more than than the good episodes of Mandalorian any day of the week. And that's nothing against Mandalorian, but it says something about the vast storytelling that they did in Clone Wars because you get some really solid arcs in there. You get some fantastic storytelling arcs: the Umbara arc, the the Maul resurrection arc, the uh, you know. And because it was animation, they were able to do so much with all of these characters. And you know the the budget and everything like that. Live action is a lot more tricky, but um, you know. So, props so true. For, it's pro- so many seasons, so yeah. many episodes. Uh, yeah, There's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of content. Yep, it I'm is. not surprised by that. And I think you and I both had Mando and uh, Clone Wars super close to the top there. Yeah, no, it, it for sure. So and um, this list feels better. <laughs> it, it does feel better. It feels a, lot, a little more realistic, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say? I mean, being, being the Clone Wars guy here, um, you know, what would you say at being at the top? Do you think it deserves to be there? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, just cause it has so many stories that kind of like we're left with, like I was saying earlier, watching the prequels, you're like, Oh, well, well, how can they elaborate on that a little bit? And they go into those stories in the Clone Wars, but, um, they, there's a little bit of everything you get, uh, trooper episodes or arcs that are solely focused on troopers right you get episodes that are sith related that are strictly jedi right so there's a huge variety of everything and like the action's great um all the story arcs i mean i can't say enough the good about that show like it's mm-hmm. it's just well deserved of of the first spot for sure yeah definitely yeah. Interesting. You know, something just crossed my mind. And this, the at least the audience score is very accurate to George Lucas in in kind of how what he's done in the film industry. Because when he made Star Wars, right, it broke the mold of cinema at the time, right, and so it was beloved. And Clone Wars was it broke the mold of animation, and it's at the top. And then everything after it is was rated lower. Like, it was more derivative. Yeah. Same thing with Mandalorian, because that broke the mold for Star Wars going in live-action TV. And then Boba Fett was less popular that came afterwards. So it's almost... Yeah. This was part of the issue I think a lot of people had with the sequels as well, was it was... It felt like a reiteration of stuff that's already been done. So it's interesting to see that each time they do something new, it is seen as a higher quality than the rest that comes after totally yeah um that that makes it very um it's an interesting to think how obi-wan kenobi is going to fit into all of this stuff uh with the with the reviews and and uh, it's the first mini series it's the first it's the first mini series yeah maybe maybe i don't know it also has me concerned i'm like is this going to be what we expect it to be right um i'm i i hope i hope the best for it i think so yeah i hope the best for it i feel like i feel like and I hope that Dave was more involved in this. I feel like he would have been because I feel like he knows that this is it was, needs to be done right. Yeah, and, and he's got that Lucas touch, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, uh, hey, let's give this thing a, like a quick listen again. We're all excited for this show. Let's give this a quick listen. Is the trailer? Yeah.
The fight is done. We lost. Stay hidden. The key to hunting Jedi is patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. The Jedi Code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Where is he? hearing that music again man it's just it's just it's always good you know hearing uh hearing that battle of the heroes and the the duel of fates and duel of fates uh, man it's so good uh, yeah any uh any last minute things you guys want to bring up as far as star wars subject before we wrap up here i'm just feeling justified after reading these audience scores <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's good it's relief you know it's like uh justice towards all those snobby critics out there you know uh, I, uh, I'll say it again. I don't know what what those people are on. Like that, that's just like, like what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like that's just crazy. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It's that scene from The Simpsons where it's a uh, Principal Skinner. And he's like, "Am I so out of touch?" No, it's the children. The children who are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I mean, uh, you know, lots to uh, lots to look forward to, and um, you know, that book being around the corner, uh, you've got uh, we got we got Obi Wan Kenobi around the corner as well. Lots of things around the corner, but um, yeah, we're gonna be doing some what happened episodes. I keep saying that, but we really are <laughs> for uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, also Cad Bane, and uh, you know, just for a, a quick recap for anyone who's kind of new to the show, uh, the what happened episodes. You know, we've been we've been doing a really nice job at kind of consolidating and, and talking about a character from beginning to end, which incorporates their all of their stories that they've ever been in across uh, all of the Star Wars comics, novels, shows, everything. Uh, and it's been pretty fun to do that. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be cool to see, you know, uh, where we go with with uh, Cad Bane and Obi-Wan Kenobi with these recent shows. Speaking around. of speaking of Cad Bane, I got to speak up now. Maybe if they do a new Boba Fett series that is him being apprentice to Cad Bane, that would be freaking cool. That would so like be right after Clone Wars. That bad, would be sweet. Ooh, bad batch. Ooh, bad batch, man. Yeah. That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you in the next one. And thanks for coming back, Diego. Yeah, of course. Thanks yeah. for having me. See you, Blake. Keep flying. There it is. There it is. <laughs>
Alright guys, thanks for tuning in to Star Wars Escape Pod. You know where to find us in the next episode. May the force be with you.